or was it? We good? Oh, dude, feel, feeling pretty stoked today. All right, all right, let's do this. That's how you know this is going to be a bad pod. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to Boku No Stop, the anime podcast which wishes it was just idiot off already. I'm Fletcher. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Chris. And this week we're covering episodes 13 through 16, where uh, the crazy train begins. Mm, hooray! When you said Come the numbers, on. I wasn't sure. I, uh, I wasn't sure I watched the right ones, but it turns out I did. Knowing where we're going to get to by the end of this four-episode block, you think that we're not in the crazy train now? No, it was more like when you said the numbers, I was like, huh, I don't think those are the ones I watched, but looking at your notes, I did. Well, uh, you were complaining about whether or not you needed to take the disc out of your fucking machine. Look, look, <laughs> it's like at least four feet away. I don't, turn, I, don't oh even, my God. I don't even get up to turn it on. I just say, excuse me, Audrey, I need a favor. I'll give you a high how do five. You, how do we even get to the gym, Chris? Uh, I take an Uber there. <laughs> you fucking and kidding. then I walk home. Uh, Dog, it's like a 22 degree incline. I am not walking 20, like 20 minutes up uh, the hill. It's called a warm up. And oh, meanwhile, anyway. just to prove how lazy Chris is, that sound you just heard is me opening a Blu-ray case. Well... And then putting it on my fucking PC. See, I wouldn't have a problem with that if it was right next to me. In fact, you're the lazy one who doesn't get up to do it. I actually do have to get up to do it because the door to the case uh, does not open in a way that I can put it in from the chair. Well, checkmate lib, I guess. But I'm not Matt. <sighs> I'm very confused. What is? It? Why are we talking about me? <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I know, I, yeah. Anyway, episode 13, Shoot the Alien. I wonder what that's about. Very descriptive. Describes only this episode. Yeah, actually. (laughs) To be fair, there's some real good titles in terms of, uh, let's just get on the nose with it in this stretch. You know what, this would be a lot better if it was Shoot This Alien with an exclamation point. I can't wait till episode 40. There's a robot. Uh, this show did not get to an episode 40. Uh, rip. Yep. <sighs> Sorry, baby, you're thinking Gundam. We only got 39 to play with here. Mm-hmm. Although I guess that makes episode 40 be invoked, in which case, yes. Yeah, I don't know if that technically counts as an episode or if it's just the finale movie, you know, in terms of numbering. Whatever. It's definitely a finale. Can we just skip this whole episode? This entire episode fucking sucks until basically the end. Uh, it's a lot I'm, of nothing. Like, I'm willing to blaze through it quickly if yeah, you want. Yeah, because I was sure. watching this episode and I was like, man, imagine a mech anime where all the fights fucking suck. All right. Uh, and then the uh, fights get good immediately after this episode. But boy, mm-hmm. this is just idiot episode dot MKV. All right. Well, I mean, this whole this whole section is just like, uh, let's kill off all of these buff clan uh 
like commanders and like I was not expecting this guy uh and then they bring the one guy back at the end to kill him too so good yeah forgot about yeah, it no like <laughs> like what i i thought kohaba was gonna be like the fucking guy and he just gets punked here real bad okay let me go through this so people actually know <laughs> what is being described you fucking sure. there's nothing to this episode cowards spoilers that that was the one thing i would say is that like the kohaba thing anyway let's yeah go. Well, that was the guy with one weird eyebrow instead of two weird eyebrows, yes. right? Yeah. He, yeah, he's the first guy who was her second in command. Lots of elder abuse in this section. Holy <laughs> shit, yes. It's like, uh... Nope, not even gonna try it, because I'd no. have to think of more than two of them since there's so many deaths. It's like that. It's like that. It's like watching The Visit. It's like watching The Dem Debates. Got anyway. Yak, yak, yak. Uh, blah blah blah. Uh, Harulu second in command. Guhaba says that he wants one more shot at combat with the Idion, which means and, he's gonna die. Yeah, uh, Harulu basically says, "I know you're going to die for this, but if you die and take out the Idion, I will protect your family with all the power my name has." He's humbled by this. Why is that such a thing for the Buff Clan? It, it just seems to be like the one card they get to play is, well, if you die and do a good job, your family will be rich forever. Which, But I don't know how you afford that with how many fuckers die in this show. Only if they succeed. I guess they have to succeed. I guess you're right. Yeah, nobody uh, else is getting payouts right now. That's a that that's a that's a major risk right there. I don't think that's <laughs> you can afford that when one percent uh, of your population doesn't capture all of the wealth. You also have to remember <laughs> that we are talking about the daughter of the fucking king right now. True, true. Yeah, no. It, you know what? I would totally not put it like I would expect Harulu to go like you know what? Like you did it, but like I could just take the credit and uh, not give you anything because they're dead and no one else knows or cares. There's definitely a bit in my notes later that we'll get to on this. <laughs> anyway, the B-plot on this episode is that an assassin is trying to murder Kerala. Like, multiple shots are fired at her, and because she is buff clan, at one point she gets nailed in the shoulder, and she just screams out, if you're gonna try me, be try and kill me, be faster. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kerala is, Too like... Too many gains for this assassination attempt. Kerala is, like, the unspoken fucking hero of this stretch, by the way. Oh, for sure. Like, without a doubt. Like, she's a major team player. Yeah. Uh, Cosmo officially becomes Asuka in this episode because while his part of the ship is loose in an asteroid field, which is where this whole combat is taking place, Cosmo says he's giving control of his part to Kasha. He's gonna leap through the fucking asteroid field in a spaceship to get onto hers and get everything in line. Uh, one of the buff pilots sees him trying to get on board and says he's going to kamikaze the guy for the glory of the Guhaba family. And this would go better if he took a look right before an asteroid violently rips him in half in front of Cosmo's face. Oh yeah, we, we we hadn't mentioned that they're in an asteroid field, and that's kind of the main point of this episode. <laughs> Excuse me, please. It's called the Nimbus Zone. The yes. Nimbus Zone? Well, that's, yeah. that's a part of the asteroid field, not the entirety of it, right? Like, I thought it was just one part where it's particularly dense. Yeah, the core has a weird, like, sweep effect that's fucking everyone up. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently the Buff Clan know about this, and the uh, the humans, the, the Earthlings, do not. There's a lot of extreme violence in these episodes. Yes. Oh, yeah, it gets bloody. 
Anyway, the assassin is revealed to be Lada by the end of the episode, who is the tiny girl who is suicidal enough to start firing at Kerala directly next to Bess and Cheryl on the bridge in a spaceship in the middle of asteroid combat. The music is and so good. definitely shot shot the console, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun note, since I think we're going to skip the recap movie, much like we did Death and Rebirth. Uh, in the film, Lada is actually the one who kills Mayaya during this subplot. Hmm. Reminder, Lata is a child. How old is she supposed to be? 16? She is sub 10. Excuse me? Wait, Am wait. I think you have the wrong character. You're thinking, You're thinking of, of the wrong, wrong character, character, my guy. We're th- the, yeah, this, this is the adult this is the lady bo- who does the babysitting. But not the one who's uh, Lynn with the weird hair. Yeah. This You're is right. the other right. adult lady. Yeah, okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I was thinking like, of Lynn. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very yeah. confused. Yeah, yeah Lada, like, uh, Lada is l- the one who gets the kill. I just had the wrong gets the kill. up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Lada overhears, uh, was it Bess and, um, oh, Cheryl, Cheryl talking about Kerala, and she's like, uh, she turns murderous, like, immediately, which, like, felt really weird considering that, like, she probably deals with Kerala a lot because Kerala hangs out with the children. Like, that's something we saw earlier in the series. So, like, I... She went to zero to murder bot like pretty immediately for someone that she actually has interacted with enough to know that she, she's not a terrible, you know, Corral is not a terrible person. Also, they're so desperate for crew that they're going to give Lada the control and custody of the children back immediately after this. Well, they're what what they have going on is they have like a transfer of a hatred of peep of a people onto an individual like uh, right. Like the post, like the post nine eleven anti Muslim crimes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's the kind of thing they're going for, and like surprisingly, that like animosity or like distrust kind of carries through these episodes. I can't believe Domino predicted nine eleven. <laughs> I can't believe that we're still doing this too at this stage because I thought after the last set of episodes, like that would be done with, or at least it would be like, hey, I know I feel this way, but like we saw what happened, we know what happened to her, we know we she has no reason to betray us now. Ha 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 ha! Two episodes from now, my dude. Oh, oh no! Yeah, uh-huh. There's no, I mean two episodes go- in these notes. You've seen it to go back to it when she takes the blame. We're just gonna go back to everybody hates Carlala. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like it feels like a regression. Uh, like they, 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 my they... guy. It can't be a regression if this is like the fifth time we've gotten past it and then immediately gone back. That's just how it is. That's just... it's a seesaw, my guy. Uh, yeah, but that's kind of, of that the thesis statement of this series: is this show is about racism more than like war sucks? Yeah. So the show is woke. Interesting. Uh, well, it's not a topic you really get in a lot <laughs> right, of Tomino right. stuff, because he usually goes straight all humans, maybe new types, no space creatures. Mm-hmm. The Buff Clan are not sending us their best and their brightest. Still disappointed we haven't seen much in the way of uh, the other, like, five alien species yet. I'm sure that's coming. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> uh... This is about the point where Cosmo also begins a streak of really fucking good combat decisions. Because mm-hmm. the limbs on the Ideon have been blasted, the Zigmac goes to the pincher claw move, goes for the head, and tries to rip the shoulder joint apart. Cosmo decides to come up with a pretty brilliant move. 
eject his portion of the mech to use the claw as a lever, and he smashes his fist around through the bridge of the mech. Very cool, just... until they do it the next three episodes in a row. Uh, yeah. only one of these next three. Oh, yeah, yeah they use it once. the immediate next yeah. one, yeah. And I was like, No, it's well, 16. Isn't it? Yeah, it's 16. Oh, you're right, because the next one they do the thing. Yeah. Uh, Guhapa doesn't even get to have final words. He just dies when the mech goes up in flames. So, yeah. that dude's gone. So it's underwhelming. He looked like he was going to be more interesting. When everyone gets back to the ship, a few of the military men, Bess, Cheryl, and Kerala, are all in the greenhouse dome cornering the armed Lada. Kerala, who half intends to just fucking die here, tells them all to get back, closes her eyes, and starts walking toward the pissed-off armed baby. Halfway through the magazine, she pulls the baller move of telling Lada, aim properly, damn it. Mm-hmm. And when Lada's magazine just starts firing blank, she has a full breakdown, dropping to the ground in tears. Kerala opens her eyes and gives her a look that almost says, God damn it, I'm alive. Cosmo is kind of grousing about this, and this is the start of his journey towards, hey, maybe aliens are not so horrible. Anyhow, that's episode 13. Any thoughts? Uh, nope, sucks until the end. The music bangs in the final scene, that, like, really heavy violin. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say the violin's really good. Uh, and it, it doesn't carry through the whole scene, though. It's no. just, like, one bit at the beginning. I'm trying to find actual good rips of the varied soundtrack releases, just so I can splice a little more of that in. It's a little bit of a challenge. By the way, did we mention who wrote it last time? I forget if that was put on pod yet. What? Like, who's responsible for the music? believe we did but if not yeah you know that racist yeah. man king denying fuck from dragon quest he did all the exquisite music for this series yeah that's that's and like you look at his uh credits it's one of like maybe three animes he's ever done or something like it he did very little in this space and this one just kind of sticks out really oddly so that's unfortunate yep so yeah, now I will only be buying the soundtrack used should I ever find a copy. Mm -hmm. It's probably just on iTunes. I don't use Apple stuff. Well, neither do I, but iTunes is like the place to buy music. But that would require engaging with Apple stuff. I would not, Fletcher. <laughs> I'm me, Chris. You knew what you were getting into. It would, it would not require it. Like, there's even a Windows 10 store version of iTunes that is great because it's all one application and you can actually just uninstall it instead of the 30 programs that make up iTunes. But then I would have to get an account with them to buy things. Mm, I don't know if that's true. I'm almost certain you cannot buy things from Apple without an account. Anyway, Ideon, uh, episode 14. What a ride. My food scale is here. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Is, is this a weed thing, or is this, like, literally a food scale? It's a food scale. You can put weed on it, I mean, probably. Look, I'm just saying, in a lot of parts of the country, if somebody tells me they're buying a food scale, it's like, I'm gonna weigh out these grams. I think my dealer is cheating me. <laughs> uh, sucks when you can't trust a dealer, eh? I know, that's why we have legal dealers now. Yep. Who fuck me. Oh, you're gonna say you trust the government, you fucking it, rube? absolute rube <laughs> if you think the government is involved in the wild west of weed out here i don't know what to tell you oh please I all know. they do is tax it baby i know 
I, I know exactly how do you how think we is. had fucking poison lung going around? You can, you can only trust the Green Anne in my neighborhood, which is a great na- which is a great name for the weed shop in Queen Anne. That's pretty good, actually. Uh, I, I guess I'm the only one in the of the three of us that doesn't live in a weed legal state. It's okay, I've smoked weed in like uh. six years. Oh, I don't smoke it. I'm saying these edibles you're hearing though. <laughs> I haven't had any weed since the fear jar. Ooh, right. Did I ever tell you about the okay. fear jar? No, you I did tell I don't me that story. <laughs> I'll tell you about I it some other time, Matt. Yeah, I don't Great. know if that's a pod story. <laughs> oh, it definitely oh, is a good oh, pod no. story. We gotta save it for the right pod, huh? Did I ever tell you that the fear jar was also what made me unsubscribe from This American Life because I was listening to it what? during the time? I'm sorry. No, you <laughs> didn't. <laughs> Why? Now you have to tell this story just so Matt has any context whatsoever okay, for this. I'm, so, okay. The tale of the fear jar is it was a jar. I got it from my neighbor because I was too lazy to go anywhere. I was like, yo, Tony, you got some weed. And Tony, Tony got good shit because the dispensary's got good shit. And Tony just gives me this jar of shake. Uh, and I'm not paying any attention. So, hey, I, ex- uh, I forgot a shake. And shake, you can uh, definitely burn a whole bowl in one hit if you're not paying attention, which is what I did. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. The problem with it <laughs> is that there was a lot of black flecks in it. I didn't notice right away, which turned out to be hash. Oh, no. And... I thought I was going to die for like five hours in my bed. And all I could think about is I'm going to die listening to this American Life rerun of the one where they're at the car dealership. What am I oh, doing with episode. my life? And then I uninstalled. <laughs> and then I unsubscribed from it. And also the fear jar put the fear of the Lord in me and I have never smoked weed again. Uh... The last time I took weed, I started yelling at Netflix's Nailed It. Because like, their production assistant playing? looks like me, and I apparently I was just screaming, Doppelganger! Doppelganger! Oi. Yeah. But hey, now you know who your doppelganger is. Also, this means if any of you wants to get a loose headshot of me, just go look at Wes from Nailed It. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was at my uh, in-laws once, and some dude was on, uh, oh, fuck, like CNN or something, and he said, oh, hey, that looks like you, and it was extremely unflattering, actually. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I'm just like, I see where they're coming from, but like, I'm at least 20 pounds thinner than this guy, but still. Yikes. Yikes. Episode 14, Doku's Attack Strategy. It it is the Gundam episode. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The notes just simply say, this is the part of Mobile Suit Gundam where White Base is running low on supplies and Amuro is beginning to get tired of the ceaseless combat. Luckily, the Black Tri-Stars are on their way to piss him off and get him back into things. You could tell this uh, show is shorter than Gundam, because in Gundam... Uh, sorry, is slower paced than Gundam, because in Gundam this is like episode 9, where they do the uh, moon refuel. Yep. And I'm not sure if some of that similarity has to do with blatantly trying to avoid being Gundam for a little, which it was during the start, or if it's just, uh, I know we need to do this, I'm gonna put it off as late as possible because people will make the comparison. Man, Justin definitely ruined the end of this episode for me. You will have to tell me when we get there. This is the one I kind of think could be skipped over until the end. 
I don't know. I think yeah, Wilson's pretty uh, good. Okay. Okay. Like it's it's not the most enjoyable. Like it's it's pretty tough in some spots because you know it's basically the PTSD episode. See, I think this one has less meat on its bones because once you see where it's going, you know how the whole thing is going to end. Well, I'm not saying we need to talk about it. What I mean is this is pretty good in the context of all of the Idion episodes before it in that something happens not at the very end. That's fair. Th- this is yeah. definitely the stretch where the show starts coming into its legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so the new Buff Clan mid-boss takes the stage. Doku Jilbal, the engineer who developed the Zigmac. He says for the command of one platoon of the Mecha, he will kill the Ereon stone dead. Harulu hears this, goes, mm, That tracks, I guess you could probably do this if anyone could, and allows him to do that. Mm-hmm. The solo ship is being shunned by a bunch of planets as they pass. We learned that, despite being up to a sick civilization in terms of archaeology, humans have not made contact with living aliens before, or like not sentient ones. Yeah, we learned that in like the first or second episode. I, yeah. They mentioned that there were other aliens, but I don't know if they said that the other ones were not still around. Yeah. I don't remember. So as a result, flying by going, hey, we're humans and aliens want to kill us, send help, gets a lot of doors slammed in their face. Uh, mm-hmm. Finally, the planet Brasilia responds to a hail. Best tries saying, let's get clear before we rendezvous. Let's not lead the buff clan directly to one of our outposts. But this is ignored when buff ships begin attacking and they dispatch the Edeon. So, Doku is pretty damn good at this, actually. He has the trio of Zigmax he's been assigned all focus fire on Cosmo's ship. When it flies into an asteroid, he tells them, keep firing for another five seconds. And when they surround it, he asks about life signs. They detect Cosmo and he goes, begin firing again until that's a zero. Yeah. And this is because uh, Cosmo went out ahead of the other th- other two ships, right? Like he yeah, separated himself it's out. It's just Cosmo in his yeah. jet as opposed to the whole Lydion. Yeah, yeah. Because like it, this seems... I don't know. I I feel like there's some weird tension between these episodes of Cosmo making a bad decision and then Cosmo continuing to make what looks like bad decisions, but it works out after this one. He's making risky decisions, but some of these are actually really clever moves, like the thing with the uh, ejecting his part of the ship earlier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like this particular one where it's like, oh, he's going out ahead and there's going to be a battle and he's going to get fucked up. And he does. Uh, Inside the craft, Cosmo panics because he can't raise anyone. Everything is overheating. Uh, The animation is fantastic here. It's all done in reds and blacks like a virtual boy from hell. Mm -hmm. And eventually the monitors all die around him, leaving him to panic alone in the dark as things explode in the cockpit. So... The reason I think this is very good is this is largely carried by the um, voice acting, actually. At least in the Japanese. I don't know about the dub, but there's like a clear switch from pilot Cosmo to civilian Cosmo and then scared child Cosmo. モニターが消えた。モニターが全部死んだのか。どういうことだ。パワーも上がらない。防戦もできない。ああ。もうおしまいか。<笑> 
ら何でも The Zigmax retreat, however, before they can murder him because the entirety of the enemy fleet are bearing down on them. They try grabbing the Ideo Delta, but they have to give up on this as being fired at makes it a liability. It begins drifting, and another series might have just had him get sucked away to nothing, but nah, everybody grabs him and they jump to hyperspace. Is this the one where they ruin the eye catch? Yes. I hate that. I know, but don't worry. The people at home are never going to notice because I will use perfect eye catch synchronicity. No, what I mean by that is when they add the words Space Runaway into the O, which ruins the infinitely looping idiom thing that they had going on. If it's not this episode, it's the next one. Yeah, I'm mad about it. That was one of my only notes for the series of episodes. I can't believe they ruined the fucking eye catch. Yeah, well... It might have just been an animation error originally. There are a lot of those coming from this studio. We land in, uh, we go to, uh, Planet Brasilier, or whatever. Brasilier? I don't give a shit. They go to Brazil, uh, where the officer yeah, in charge is, uh, one of Bess's former instructors. Uh, they do the whole thing where nobody believes them. Uh, then they go off to do a medical inspection to Carlala, which we never hear about. They find the tracking device again! And then uh-huh. put it down again. Yup. Yep. So mad. <laughs> At least this time they give a good reason for why nobody chucks it. It doesn't look is... anything like it. Ah! But they don't know what anything on this ship does at thing all. Is, uh, we don't know how long they've been on this ship or how many times they repaired it, but they should have at least been like, this wasn't here when we first did this. Yeah, or shit the entire rest up. of the outside of yeah. this ship is one solid color, and this is a different one, and comes off. Anyway, for those who cannot read the notes, uh, yeah. the thing that is said is, don't throw things out before we know what they do. We have no idea oh, how this I shit wasn't, works. I wasn't even looking at your notes when I got mad about that. Uh, and then Cosmo yeah, goes no. and hangs out with the lady whose name I didn't, I'm not gonna bother to say, because she dies immediately when the buff clan attacks can, can I say, like, one thing about the this commander is that, like, her... It's like if your grandma was a general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, like, <laughs> she, she gets attached to Cosmo, like, so quickly, and Cosmo gets attached to her so quickly in a way that feels really forced. Like, it, they explain it. You know what like, makes it say, weird yeah. is the soft focus when they're in the rec center. It makes it look like the uh-huh. beginning of, like, an 80s porn. For the record, the reason Cosmo gets attached is he's been under a military commander, and she explicitly reminds him of his mother, who you never saw but, before. Now, but we also—they don't say that until like the last time on in the following episode. Yeah, which is the weird part about that. Like they don't—he doesn't say anything. He just says, "Oh, you're so kind." At, when she wasn't being kind at all, actually. In that up to that point in that scene. Uh, So, like, I don't know. She gets attached to him really quickly because she reminds him of uh, her son, uh, who's like, she said, roughly the same age, but she hasn't seen him in like 10 years. So not the same age. Got it. So. So, like, yeah, that, that's the other weird thing. It's like, okay, would be around the same age versus was the same age when I last saw well, him. she's in deep space. So the last yeah. time she saw him, that's the mental image of the sun. 
Yeah, but like that's that's what's going on here is some weird. I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it Oedipal shit, but like displacement. It, it, displacement. Yeah, it's like m- misplaced affection, but it's happening to both of them simultaneously, which is it happens. Yeah, this episode happens so quickly. Like she's not even around for that to feel natural. Um. Anyway, remember that time Shinji gave up piloting the robot, and ten seconds later the city was on fire. This is that. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Uh. I will say the city attack here, very good. It definitely feels like a big thing happening, right? Like, Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It definitely feels like apocalyptic because they don't they do not do it like from the city scale like Ava does where you just see it getting blown up as Shinji runs along outside of it. Here it's like from Cosmo's perspective on ground level while like everything is getting absolutely fucked up. Yeah, you see like a, a Zigmac like break through one of the domes and is like stomping around. You can really see the scale of it, which yeah. like you don't really see at all when you're in space. Yeah. yeah, when the Zigmac is next to the Ideon, it's like, oh, these are equal. When the Zigmac is next to a city, you realize why it is a heavy mobile mecha. Yeah. Although weirdly, I, I would assume that would also break like break the vacuum of space into the dome and it doesn't really like animate that particularly well, but. Yeah, whatever. Uh, they have everyone that. in spacesuits from pretty much this point on, though. So, yeah. Yeah. So I guess they like they figured it out at that point. But I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I think they do a much better job on the scale in this episode, for sure. Uh, yeah. And in the and in the blast. Um, so there was also a weird bit where uh, the commander is just like, hey, you would you you would be in a spacesuit, right? You, you would look sharp, sharp in this, this. spacesuit. Yes. <laughs> and they say it like three times. <laughs> yeah. To uh, be fair. I think that's her starting to realize, oh shit, these guys are not as full of it as we thought, and prepping mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. Because it's such a weird thing otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I think she, I read it as she's trying to be kind to him because she recognizes how shaken he is, and, you know, he's, she's just trying to, like, calm him down or, you know, get him get him back in a better mind space. And it just turns into this weird, like, fake family thing. You know, it's yeah, it's kind of creepy. Which but, uh, goes yeah, horrendously awry in this next scene. Oh, yeah, because uh, they're in the speeder. Uh, she's trying to drive Cosmo back to the solo ship. And uh, the one of the I, I assume it's one of the Zigmacs. Uh, it is. Just shoots at it. Yeah. Shoots at the uh, speeder. Uh, it flips over. Cosmo survives, but the speeder crushes uh, like the bottom half of uh, the commander. Yeah. And she uh, dies a painful, bloody death. Well, let's not undersell this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It... She is under the hovercraft. Uh-huh. Cosmo goes over to try and save her. And there's an implication that his rescue attempt has just ripped this woman in half in his arms. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't quite read it that heavily, that's, but Well, that's yeah. definitely how it sounds, yeah. right? It's like a Resident Evil 2 going on. Yeah, Ooh. he's he's over there. Like, he's the only person nearby. He's trying to pull her out from under the wreckage. And then you just hear this noise, see his face, and he flees. Yeah, that makes that makes somewhat, somewhat more sense. I mean, she was probably a goner anyway. Oh, she was yikes. guaranteed to be a goner, but... He he took it from bleed out to ult my torso. <laughs> uh, big torso energy strikes again. Oh, speaking up. So, 
Who wants to do this final rampage? Or should I just go through it? You can do it. Yeah, All go right. for it. Um, Cosmo books it through the city on fire back to the ship, and he's mute at this point. The only thing he says is the word go. So they launch, and this fight is brutal. Cosmo counters a Zigmac trying the pincer move by slapping it away and smashing the bridge with the Ideon's foot. A second gets hemmed in by a wall of missiles into melee range, where he slams into the whole thing from above as a punishment for dodging. And he just goes full new type on the entire of the remaining buff forces, luring them all into charging at him, and finally saying the only sentence that he does for the rest of this episode, which is, This is for Kamula Lanbon! before firing every single weapon that Ideon is equipped with at once. There's an incredibly cool shot, uh, uh, series of frames. You just see all of like the missile trails on it. Uh, mm-hmm. But this was ruined for me by Justin from Duckfeed Slack, who just, when I posted this screenshot a couple of weeks ago, said, wow, I can't believe Spider-Man got him so good. <laughs> <laughs> I just... <laughs> bum, 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 bum. All I could think about. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's cool too because it's in negative, so like you can really see it. Yeah, pretty yeah, sharply. It, it very much does have a web look. Yeah, um, Doku, like so many buff commanders before him, has a moment of pant shitting terror as he sees, and this is a direct quote: "A full third of their forces destroyed in about five seconds, and somehow he's just lived through this." Not my literature mm-hmm. club. <laughs> To, to sum up how brief this is and how messed up the city is, Cosmo parks the mecha and he watches as the EMTs finally drape a sheet over Kamula's body. The episode just ends on him screaming to the heavens and crying. Okay. But also the also Ideon the, is doing it. Yeah, the Ideon does the TIE fighter yell. And then there's a giant white laser shooting out of its head. It's so strange. Why do they do that? <laughs> this, like, well, that's going to tie into something that's in episode 16. All right, we'll get there, but I I don't I didn't catch that. And I just watched this for the second time today. Psst. What does Cheryl research about the Ide? Uh Yeah, okay, that makes a certain his, sense. His sync rate yes. increases when he's angry, Matt. That's straight up it, yeah. God. But they, but, they don't Mentioned it like, hey, did you see that happen? <laughs> Shoutouts to how it's basically just the TIE Fighter screen for the Ideon. Very good. I'm gonna have to put that in here now, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> put in both. Okay. <laughs> if it turns if it turns out that this makes you look like an idiot, I'm gonna laugh. It will. It's just a similar kind of thing. Alright, I'm just saying I'm getting very task force energy from these requests now. Zoom in on the two. Computer in hands. Ideon! Now we get to uh, ep- episode 15, Recapture the Ideon. Uh... <laughs> I, lo- I love I love this uh, note here. This episode should just be called God Damn It, Cheryl, for the record, which Fletcher is uh, true. Laugh. can't believe Fletcher didn't laugh at how I edited his note section title to be Oops 2 colon The Ethnic Cleansing Boogaloo. I didn't remember if I wrote that originally. Of course so. you didn't. It has parentheses in it. <laughs> That's uh, parentheses hey, wait. and jokes are my calling card. Psst. Psst. There's three parentheses in the next section of our notes alone. Oh, are you posting these on Twitter? Yeah. I'm just saying. 
Uh, Has anybody so, yeah. ever done the three parentheses thing, but with Sun O is a good joke? Yes, okay. I have seen that one. God damn it! Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm confused and don't know if I should be offended. Uh, yes, because <laughs> I was both doing the band. Jew targeting thing with the parentheses, yeah. and no, Sun O yeah, is, is a band where their name ends with three closed parentheses, but there are no matching open ones. Oh, that band. Yeah. yeah they're very good. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I was wondering what was... Every time I saw that someone post about them in Slack, I'm like, what is wrong with their name? What's going on with that? Yeah, yeah your phone's broken, buddy. <laughs> so you gotta stop leaning on that uh, keyboard. No! My vapor ran out of batteries. Goddammit. Rip. Now we gotta finish really quick. Uh, Before the shakes well, come in. Absolutely. Shakes the podcaster. My favorite Bobcat Goldplate movie. <laughs> Episode 15, so... Alternate joke. Shaky podcaster. My favorite Ghostface Killer song. Ooh, pretty good. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so the solo ship is being loaded with actual supplies for the first time in a while, because, you know, up to this point, they've just been running away from shit and getting blown up and then fixing it. Uh Cosmo asked Kerala if at some point uh, before they take off that uh, they could meet and she, he wants to talk to her uh, because he's on a war path and wants to get more info about it. Uh, and uh, so they've also uh, taken a smaller military craft to a company called the uh, Karaoke. This becomes important very quickly. Uh, and the plan is to make a bunch of shorter, uh, more focused uh DS jumps to try and shake the buff pursuit so they're not trying to just you know shoot off in one direction trying to shake them uh, very ineffectual given that uh, immediately after the first one he's like it's we need two minutes until the next one nice move guys well you I don't want to overheat the engine yeah you gotta have a refractory period you know okay but they're explicitly <laughs> trying to lose them like it's GTA <laughs> Well, I guess the idea is that if they don't stop immediately, they'll shoot so far forward, they'll have to turn around and come back. And then by that point, they would have jumped to the next, uh, done the next little jump. Ah, so on the aforementioned buff battlecruiser, Doku and Harulu start discussing the results of their assault. Doku, the engineer, says he is certain the giant is getting stronger with every encounter. And his plan is... So this time we're going to try and avoid a direct confrontation. Hostages, kidnapping, whatever works. Harulu has the absolutely brutal response of, doesn't uh -huh. sound very promising to me. And he's like, it will work. Okay, sure, whatever. Take the rest of my forces and kill yourself. <laughs> to be fair, this it is not working. the worst of those in this recording block. This is true. This is actually... Yeah, no, like, this is probably the best one of the three. <laughs> Yes, this is actually the best plan we're going to see today. And it's just mostly because they also took advantage of a really unforced error. Yep. Uh, by the he says his plan is not, well, we're just going to kidnap someone and they'll give it to us. He wants to foster more of a mutiny situation. After all of this, the, the humans have got to be very weary and pessimistic and just wanting to go home. So maybe the civilians becoming more entangled will create ill will and maybe lead to them just giving up. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the beginning of a subplot that I hate comes up, which is Cheryl telling Bess, hey, on Earth, there's a computer named Gloria. While we wish, oh my God, maybe we should just fuck like, up about it, Cheryl. Holy shit. Yup. Yup. <laughs> and maybe uh, they could just, you know, 
pop by Earth and use it to do some things. Computing. You know, I, I'm I'm very disappointed that these notes don't include an okay computer joke. Uh, I instead went with Star Trek Four. <laughs> uh, Which one is that? The time travel one. That one's bad. No, that's a good one. They're all bad. They're not all bad. They're all bad. They're not all bad. They're terrible. Like, hands down, I will absolutely stick up for some of those. Uh, two, four, and six are excellent. Mm-hmm. But they're all doing different things, which is great. Anyway, yeah, the, I I think way too regularly about Scotty picking up a mouse on an Apple II and just going, Computer! Hello, computer! And it not uh, listening to him. So... So, uh, Bess walks away from this because the people who are actually doing work call him over, telling him they found another colony that will allow them to dock and resupply. And meanwhile in the dome, Cosmo asks Kerala to tell him about her home planet. Could the Edeon just surgical strike the military there? And We're not going to kill all of them, I promise. Just all of your military friends. Yeah, he does specifically yeah. say, just tell me about the military strength. I can end this war with Come a couple on, of hits on the bases. they're going to genocide you a little. <laughs> they're going to decimate them, Chris. Decimate them. For what it's worth, she does say, I see your point, but you don't have that strength. Yeah, yeah, she just calls him out. By the way, I think we might have skimmed over this because it happens really fast. But doesn't uh, Karulu just say, oh, yeah, let's just murder the rest of the base? That we just attacked? No. What? I, I, I thought she said that at the end of the, like, right at the end of that conversation with uh, Doku. She said, oh, yeah, we might as well just raise the rest of this. Yeah, and then she keep does, going. actually. Did they? I, okay, I missed that one when I was doing notes then. Okay, yeah, yeah, because it kind of, like, I didn't catch it the first time, but on the rewatch, I went like, oh, she just, just said destroy everything and then yeah. keep chasing them. Huh. Okay, it does Oof. not show up in the episode, so I completely missed that line. Yeah, I'll double check it just to be sure. But like, I, I it, like, yikes. Talk about war crimes and genocide. So after all of this, the crew hold a meeting and start trying to figure out their next move. Bess is incredibly firm that they leave other human settlements out of this after that last stop. Others mm -hmm. are suggesting they go to the nearby colony, uh which is like Dokuro Star, I think it's called. The star's name is Doroba, and I remember this now because the guy asks Bess, what do you know about it? And then he tells them they landed a colony ship there, blah, blah, blah. So it is a real place. So uh, while everyone is arguing about this, uh, Cheryl has a very I'm the only sane person alive moment, walks into the biodome, and this is going in the show notes because this is one of my favorite cognitive dissonance shots in the whole series, Puts a gun to Kerala's head while the subtitles read, I no longer hold a personal grudge against yeah, you. Very good. <laughs> very good. Nothing it, personal, kid. It is it is that it is that meme of the guy being shot all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh turns out Cheryl is literally the person Doku's plan was taking into account because she has recruited a selection of people who are sick of this shit to pilot the Karaoke off the ship to try and force Bess to take them on I the do Earth. like how they got a new ship and then immediately fucked up everything with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's a very good thing, because you don't see that coming. You're just like, oh, a new toy. Oh, no. Uh, when are they going to do the... Are they ever going to break out the new part of the Ideon they mentioned? There are going to be some upgrades for it, yes. Oh, uh, I Hooray. think... 
New toys. Episode 18 is the first time we see it start coming up with, like, oh, shit, we're figuring out the tech. Yeah, because, like, they're starting to get to the point where, well, it's full of missiles and it punches things. It needs something else. Good and news. It kicks, it kicks now, too. Good news. Something else is coming. Hooray. Um, so Bess's reaction to this is to send the Ideon out to chase and recapture the ship. While they are heading out, Kasha asks Cosmo why he's been hanging out with Karala, and he just gives a snide. Clearly, I'm in love before Kasha does not take this seriously for a second. I love that. I love that she just goes like, stop, stop lying. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Doku's squad see the ship, uh, the Karaoka, and decide to take no chances. Even though this is an unarmed civilian vessel, they're like, everyone surround this. Everyone train your guns on it. Don't trust the humans for an inch. Cheryl's genius plan when surrounded is to tell the buff clan, hey, I have the prime minister's daughter. And Doku goes, oh, you got a radio. Stand down or die. Yep. Like, shouldn't Cheryl have known this wasn't going to work? Like having her as uh, like a piece to trade because they already decided that, she, you know, Kerala could die. and No one cares. Yeah, Kerala has told them this repeatedly. Hey, they've given up on me. They've clearly signed a death warrant for me. God damn it, Cheryl. Yep. Or God damn it, the people writing Cheryl. To me, God damn it, Cheryl. <laughs> this episode is very God damn it, Cheryl. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Just to add insult to injury, now that he knows he can communicate with them, Doku goes, Ha ha, you thought a colony called you, but it was us. Mm -hmm. So, at this point, Doku tells the Ideon pilots, Give us your mecha, and we give you your crew and ship back. You have ten minutes. If you resist, if you form the giant, we will immediately shoot them. He then reveals that the Zygmac, just to make this more dramatic, has Cheryl and Kerala in spacesuits, back-to-back, pincered in the claw. You know, mm -hmm. the thing that rips through the Ideon's armor. Yep. Cheryl calls the buff people barbarians, and Kerala just goes, Bitch, you had a gun to my head 15 minutes ago for this exact reason. Mm-hmm. There is a bit where uh, Kerala, like says oh wow cheryl you're so stubborn but uh, i like that you're stubborn as well because like they're there's very similar personalities i guess is the gist or at least in certain circumstances uh right now they have very similar personalities oh for sure <laughs> they're going to take some wild divergence after this episode oh yeah 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 i wonder yeah. how that goes yeah uh <laughs> And on the solo ship, there's a lot of chatter about how everyone thinks Kerala forced the people on the Karaoke to try and, like, get her away. Yep. So. Back to the space racism. Uh, Cosmo, again, is, is having that brilliant genius thing go on through this series of episodes because he has them all meet outside the ships and chat face to face because if they use the radio... The buffer tapped into it and clearly understand their language, so it would just mm -hmm. broadcast their whole plan. Yep. Kasha wants to attack, but Cosmo says he wants to do this in a way that puts Cheryl in their debt, because he's the person who has realized she's the one who wants to leave the solo ship more than anyone. This yep. is Cheryl's plan. Yeah, and he really wants to stick it to her, too. Like, <laughs> But it's so hilariously yeah. petty, because he says... Uh huh. All I want her in my debt for is to get her to do her goddamn job and study the robot. Which I thought she was trying to do this entire time, so shrug. 
Well, she's been slacking on that. She's just been going, hey, let's let's go to the computer. A computer could do this. Take me to the computer room. She's too busy running Uh around being sassy to get any work done. Yeah. And for the rest of these episodes, she's just taking any excuse to do that instead of doing her work. Well, isn't there a bit where they're like, you should study the idiot? And she's like, well, or no, you should study the sixth, um, like the, the language of the, the people that built it instead. Like, there seems to be a weird dichotomy between those That's two. That's next episode. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's Cosmo versus Kasha. Cosmo is saying, study the robot. Kasha is just like, well, all you have to do is teach yourself a new language and then we can understand how all this works. I mean, they're both kind of right. I mean, it's the same thing, though, right? Because if you study the language, you probably could figure out the robot better. It's uh. it's just sort of a weird, divergent way of coming up. Cosmo and Kasha are also going to start growing apart in terms of goals during these episodes. Well, it's weird because they, like, by the end of this, they're pretty much in the same boat. Like, they, they're on the same mm, side. But... They are not. Uh, they're no. in the same boat. They're not on the same plan. Yeah, it ha- it happens to be a case where Cosmos's desire to show Vess who's boss just happens to line up with the fact that Kasha is continually bloodthirsty. Yeah, I mean, like they do mention that part. It's like, oh, it's funny that we're on that we're in agreement here. Yes, for once, I think is the line. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if they diverge after that. Because so, haven't, I haven't watched past. Did we talk about their sick plan? Let's just mention their sick plan and say they. Yeah, did. I was gonna, I was gonna cycle yeah. back to that. Their sick plan is to uh, get them to release the hostages one at a time as they transform a part of the Idion one at a time, and they all made up in the legs, the last part, and then they uh, shove all their spacesuits out of the airlock, making the Buff Clan think that they have uh, all left. And then they accelerate the legs, ram all the pieces together, force docking it. Way into that. Uh, way into force docking. Yikes. Ha. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then they just go up through the legs, uh, brutally execute these two guys. Oh, dude, what gets it right in the forehead? Two. Oh, they both do? Like, I only saw, like, the guy in the seat. Um, two out of the three, they have a long lingering shot on their headshot corpses, blood spattering and the inside of their visor. And then they pistol whip the yeah. other guy so hard his visor shatters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, they're, they're, they, they murder the fuck out of them. And then guys. they immediately just wreck this other dude who's like, oh, I can't believe we have the giant in control. And he's very excited as the fist comes towards his face. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a fight that ensues and they get back to the ship. And mm. they do... Oh. They do go with the whole nobody has spacesuits anymore thing. Yeah. Doku is a better pilot than anyone they fought. He fucks up the Idion pretty bad, ripping it down the center, and he nearly oh, yeah. kills Kasha. Yeah, no, as soon as I saw that, I went, ooh, right in the beanbag. <laughs> Matt, what yeah, is that uh, about? Sh- you gotta stop saying that. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> it's from an Onion article, Chris. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let, me, let me get it for you. It's right. older than your kid. Because I, so someone posted that in Slack like two weeks ago, and I mean, it's been getting me real good. Yeah. No, this is um, this is from like last week. Okay, then they've reused the joke because that's definitely a phrase that has kicked around for a while there. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those onion articles where. Funny. Uh, I, I like it. It's very funny to me. Uh huh. I can only right. I can only laugh at sicko shit now, Matt. I don't know, like, I feel like cutting open someone's balls and 
rearranging things. It's fine. I'm just I'm just saying, man, Minion Death Cult is out there. They're good. Yeah. I saw them live. I listened to Minion Death Cult. And your Kickstarter sucks, actually. My favorite podcast. Nice. I should try that. I'm running out of shows again because I have a problem. It, it is extremely good. All right. That'll be after this. But yeah, it gets clawed in the deck, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The, and uh, I don't think we got it out there. Yeah. Kasha actually has to seal herself in the airlock behind the cockpit because it's now exposed yeah. to vacuum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're starting to see, like, some serious damage. Like, we didn't mention in the episode where um, Cosmo almost dies that, like, his gunners get killed. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's like a couple good shots of like the guy at like the Glen Cannon just hanging arm hanging out or the guy at the missile place just like, you know, floating around dead. So like we're starting to see serious damage. And the start of this episode actually has them installing a new Glen Cannon on it because it's yeah. taken such damage. Yeah. Now Which that they then, have the re yeah. uh, rearmaments from the base. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, Cosmo does the trick shot thing again to crush Doku, and this time we see a fist burst into the Zigback Bridge and turn a man into bloody paste. Yep. Yeah. Pretty stoked. Yeah, he, he like, punches him from behind, too. He, like, he, like, like jets around him and punches him in yeah. the back as he's floating away from the Ideon's body. Yeah. It's... Again, this is another one. I think I'll screenshot this one because I'm not going to do all the gore shots. That would start getting really, really uncomfortable. But uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite as bad as like getting jacked in the back of the head by uh, by those um, flying things. Uh, the Baku. No nothing will ever top. Did you see that, Mom? I did it. Yeah, fair. Oh, uh, that one was pretty good. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're doing this, huh? Hey, <laughs> Tomito does still want you to know war is bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, we're going to get a light about that coming up. <laughs> yup. <laughs> so. But he has Tomino considered about the uh, the implications of war on our global economy and how good it is? Uh, yeah, that's Reconquista and G. God damn it. Sorry. Don't worry, soon you can watch that with the five recap movies. Hell yeah! I'm Why? Still I'm still amazed by that. That's going to be roughly the runtime of the series. Just a 26-episode show getting five recap movies. So I, you should just not watch the show and just watch the recap movies instead? Probably, yeah. It's gonna at least be cleaned-up animation. Hmm. Anyway, let's talk about uh, God Damn It, Cheryl, the finale, which is a complete Asuka tier mental breakdown bitch move. Mm hmm. Well, the, the one thing I'm not sure of is was that her idea or was that was it Kerala's idea or was it just the group deciding, well, we have to play it this way? It's Kerala's idea. Yeah, that's what I thought. She's the honorable one. Uh huh. But. Cheryl is literally going to let her do this and not say a word. Yep. So, let's break this down. Both the Ideon and the Carioca dock back up with the solo ship. Everyone surrounds the door, and Kerala walks out of the Carioca first with a pistol in her hand held out in surrender. And she just says, 
the buff clan would not accept me either, letting everyone think that this was her taking everyone hostage. Mm -hmm. Cheryl is totally cool letting a whole ship full of people shit on this woman, even as Kasha begins smacking the shit out of Kerala. Well, I don't know if she's okay with it. I think she's like, she realized it's for the best and has to live with it, but also has to live with the shame knowing that that's what had to happen. But she does not have the guts to say a single no. word. Like, she just yeah. sits there in silence and slinks off. Well, and... her, her her reasoning is that she she would not just be throwing herself under the bus. She'd be throwing the, the rest of the crew as well, which would be, like, bad because that's a significant chunk of the crew. <laughs> and, like, yeah. the Cosmo... stability of the entire ship. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I feel like if it was just Cheryl herself, maybe she would have done it. But she realized that, like, it, the situation's much bigger than just her. So, Cosmo, who has figured out Kerala was not the ringleader, uh, pursues Cheryl into a quiet room and calls her on this. And yeah, she she has a full-on yeah. sobbing-alone breakdown where, yeah, I would gladly take the blame for this, except that means everyone who came with me would be implicated in a mutiny, which would take some of our most experienced crew out of service, and yeah. then, like, civilians and three pilots have to run everything. Mm -hmm. So now... Everyone owes Kerala their lives, and they can never say anything to call that in. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, yeah, she's like, everyone owes Kerala, or like, I owe Kerala a debt, and I can't handle the fact that that's the case, and Cosmo's like, we all do, actually. Yeah, Cosmo just storms out pissed, because it's like, I wanted to own you so hard right now, and there's nothing I can do to you that you have not just done to yourself ten times over. Oh, I, re I remember this poster, Chris. <laughs> okay, let me see what... Just, just, just really, look at the, the guy really at the bottom. Look at, really look at oh. all of it. No, this is narrative. Narrative fucking sucks. But just none, none of the body parts. Yeah, no, that's, that's a garbage poster, and it looks like a human centipede. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you catch uh, the subtle references to that I put through this whole episode's notes? Nope. No, I have not. That's actually what all the goddamn it Cheryl's are referencing. Also, your parentheses jokes don't are not the same as my parentheses jokes because my jokes rely on the existence of parentheses and are therefore text only jokes. So are mine. They're literally the human centipede subtitles. That's that was fine. the joke. Oh, I had forgotten about that. Yep. <laughs> Did I tell you anyway. about the time that I bought a Kindle erotic hollow Christmas horror story? Because I had to know how the human centipede ended because Lou Reed's The Internet For You never finished it. How does it end? He, wait, good. did Recommend. did he did he not finish it or did he not let you finish? Both. Hot damn, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why not Bernie and Bust? We, <laughs> <laughs> we should probably also uh, mention the giant downer note this episode ends on, which is that there's no brig on this ship, so Kerala's punishment is literally being locked in an animal cage silently. Yep. While Cheryl just cries, I hate this, alone in a room. So, yeah. That is the hero's reward that a samurai gets for being honorable. Ideal. 
Episode 16, Domino's Lethal Strategy. This is a comedy of errors. Domino is back. For no reason. The, the guy everyone forgot about. No, that's uh, Gijay. See, You're I gonna... would have... Yeah. Gijay, yeah. Yeah, Gijay's coming back after this. Spoiler. Who the fuck is that? He's the blue-haired guy. It was Corolla's uh, fiancé. Mm, okay. Okay, there we yeah, go. Yeah, he's coming back, I was gonna too. Say, you, we're watching a fucking anime. You can't say it's the blue-haired <laughs> guy, you dick. <laughs> I, I, I should though i should just do that every every season at least once be like oh it's the blue-haired guy you know the blue-haired guy actually yeah there is there's a fucking blue-haired guy staring at me from the blu-rays on my desk right now because we just bought there's Zeta a blue-haired guy the new blue-haired guy after the massacre when they get some military personnel i believe is what happens there's new crew mm. bridge people uh, one uh, of them is a blue-haired guy sitting where Bess normally sits. Yeah. I thought there was a blue-haired guy with glasses, but I don't remember who that is. It's not Jolliver, because he's blonde. And, and they have different more, uh... uniforms, which is what makes me think they're from uh, oh, Brazil. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's one extra in these scenes at the beginning of this episode. The, the fucking dude with, like, the sourpuss face. Do you know who I'm talking uh, about? No. Now I have to take a screenshot of this, too. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a guy he and the weird thing is on like both sides of the scene like there's a shot with Bess and he's in the background and there's a shot with Cheryl and he's definitely in the background. That's okay. He's All just got the, the weirdest face. Have the same face. No, this one's like particularly weird. And he's like really prominent in the background. You'll see he's got like a cap on. Anyway. Anyway, this episode starts with Deck who sucks deciding he doesn't suck as much as babies. So he abandons his assignment of watching the kids to sneak into a strategy meeting. Mm -hmm. This is relevant because the plot of the entire episode. However, because it is the start of an episode, we have to cut to the buff cruiser for 10 seconds to find out what the villain's plan of the week is. And Harulu, who is running out of named troops, returns to using Domido, Gijay's idiot friend, who was out of commission due to injury. As the only remaining person with a name, he is now assigned a squad and allowed to harass the solo ship. I feel like at this point we have to point out how much of a fail daughter Harulu is, because for all her prowess and rank, all we have seen her do is die one, nearly die once, and then spend every future appearance drinking while her command collapses around her. She's mm -hmm. Cersei from the end of Game of Thrones, sitting in her ivory spaceship and chugging reds while going, can't wait for daddy to send more troops, which is almost an exact quote from this episode. Yeah, I'm just shocked that, like, she doesn't realize how much trouble she's creating for herself because of these repeated, like, failures and all the costs that she's incurring in the process. She seems surprisingly not perturbed at all. And keep in mind, we found out last episode that she has given an order that no communication is to be undertaken with the humans. Like, they're supposed to say, surrender or die, and that's it, on her orders. Yeah. So, Domido, who has been in traction for ten episodes and has not kept up with all the new and exciting things that Ideon pilots can do, has decided he has a brilliant strategy that worked the last time he was in the field. I've put hooks on all your jets. The men straight up begin asking, so this is a suicide mission? And his response is, shut up. That's those are direct quotes, by the way. We're not making oh, yeah. this up. Yeah, it's like shut up. Also, uh, if you die anyway, you'll be like greatly rewarded. Your families will be greatly rewarded. So that comes back again. Like his plan is so bad, the rank and file immediately start going. What is this? A joke? 
And Chris is going to read something because he's done that twice this whole episode. Sorry, I was thinking of a good joke about deviled eggs. What? Uh, my joke about deviled eggs is something along the lines of, why are they called deviled eggs when the devil can't be in the eggs because animals officially don't have souls, according to the Catholic Church? Uh, you need to workshop that one a bit. I know, that's why I said I was thinking about it. I didn't say I was ready to go with it. <laughs> oh, that's uh, all, Chris. I'm just hungry. <laughs> I want some eggs uh, now. Where are we at now? Strategery. Strategery. Where is that? Uh, so the solo ship, uh, all the important characters on the solo ship that have names that you know are in the biodome, and they are having a meeting at a weird little card table, uh, when Cosmo and the other guy, well, Cosmo and, um, what's her name? Deck. They don't roll. Deck oh, Kasha. Is the one that rolls up, yeah. Deck rolls up later is what I meant, because after that discussion with, uh, Lada? Uh, but basically Cheryl is talking about the results of some science that she has done, and she has noticed that the, uh, Ideon powers up further whenever either of the pilots have an adrenaline surge, according to their brain scan results, which is not how adrenaline works. Uh, <laughs> and now that she's, uh, after she says that, she immediately just says, what if we went to a place where I could beam data to the computer instead of me going to the computer directly? Uh, and then no one gives a fuck about what Cheryl says, and Bess tries to tell Cosmo to, uh, Hey, you should follow orders, chain of command, and all that. And then Cosmo's just like, yeah, nah, I'm going to do what I got to do. You know, you just got to do it in the moment, fam. And then Dex's like, I'm going to do that too. And that's the end of the meeting. Yeah, the, the pilots all just walk out. Yeah, they're just like, peace out, nerd. Where's where's the Moira in this? Isn't he like the third pilot? He's staying out of this because he's technically military. Also, he's uh, not white, Matt. He can't be in the meeting. He isn't? No. Yeah, he is darker. Oh, well. Couldn't quite tell. You mostly just see him in the uh, in the suit with the visor on. Uh-huh. So, Lada hears about this deck thing and goes, what the fuck is going on here? Why is a child on the... Why is a child being fitted with a suit to pilot a war machine? And Cheryl, who has never seen a power vacuum she can't try to shove herself into, goes, hey, so let's go to earth and drop off these kids right lada that seems like a great idea is she ever gonna stop with this so annoying um okay guys doesn't count i'm going to tell you something that is a later season spoiler but don't tell me about it you prick i'm trying to do this in vague ways so it doesn't ruin things Cheryl is going to continue having her breakdown, and it will have actual wild consequences. Hell yeah! Like, we're not quite talking Asuka in a bathtub level, but we're talking real close. Uh, now that I think about it, right, Cheryl's uh, fascination with the computer is like a an inability to focus on her job due to like this ongoing mental like disaster she's having. Yeah. Uh, that's gonna get worse as things get more desperate. I didn't think about that because the show has previously never made me think about the characters' feelings at all until, like, the last episode before this batch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, we're we're in the part where everyone has character development and the ship is not just a unified front now. Yeah. Also, isn't her name Carlala? We've been calling her Karulu or Karulu. No, it's Karala. It's Karala. 
I heard a Carla at some point in this episode and tried to, it, to laugh. It, it probably happened. <laughs> I, I'm the Carrara. one who's saying it right as the person who is taking the notes. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I have to memorize these names to write about them. Other than Brazilier. <laughs> I can't believe Harley Quinn is in this episode. Ha. Anyhow, before the terrible idea to try and run away from the ship again can go any further, Damido's suicide squad catches up to them in hyperspace. Cosmo and Kasha decide this is perfect, because by launching without orders and taking the fight to their own hands, they can show up best by bringing a child into the front lines of a guerrilla war. Mm-hmm. Until we get to the uh, actual guerrilla war later. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, Cosmo is a better teacher than a lot of managers I've had, taking the safety of the solo ship's barrier to teach deck. Hey, so right now we're invincible, so take this time to, you know, get comfortable with the controls. This could save our lives later. But also, mm-hmm. just like your manager, he says, we'll get all ten of these monitors at once. <laughs> uh, yes, that yeah. is actually more than a little of my job, yeah. <laughs> uh. But you yeah, need to be monitoring like... all of these Cloudwatch alarms. Anyway, okay, uh, my Cosmo-like PTSD flashback is over with. <laughs> so, uh, before commercial, uh. Damido speaks one of the stupidest lines of the entire series. Men, sink your hooks into the giant. I won't let you die. Just uh, nope. Uh, nope, yep. nope, nope, nope. <laughs> uh, hilariously enough, we come back from the commercial... And all of Damido's men have continued to stay away from the walking death machine rather than latch themselves to it. And then the <laughs> second they follow orders, he's like, time to kill them all with our lasers. Yeah. Oh no, even even better. Harulu, we cut to Harulu, who is watching from her own ship and going, why aren't they listening to him? You know what? I don't fucking care. And <laughs> the troops actually wreck the solo ship up because there's no Ideon on defense. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, a, we see Corella bounced around in the fucking cage. They didn't even lash that thing down. And B, Domido now tells the Zigmac pilots, if the jets don't obey, shoot our men down. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, like, oh, we have our people in the way. Should we shoot? And then Domido basically going, yeah, just fucking do it. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> just like yeah. in the early episodes, the hook trick only slows down the robot but this does actually create a problem for once even Mm -hmm. if not intentionally the solo ship is about to have to drop out of hyperspace due to damage but if the ideon doesn't dock with it it means they're going to be flung to two different points of the universe so i i have a question about this then so Mm -hmm. presumably does the ideon have its own ds drive i don't think so right yes no no no, because like, how um, does it leave hyperspace then? Well, he tells well, it's Moira just going to, to be ejected. Their, he tells Moira to check their DS drive as they're flying back. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, because I would okay. imagine, yeah. I would imagine if like if you're a ship that doesn't have a DS drive and you get accelerated to you know hyperspace speed, you can't even if play the ship elite the agents, uh, <laughs> uh, then then your ship. If the other ship, like, goes out of hyperdrive and doesn't, like, take you with it, then that means you're just going to be traveling at hyperspeed until you slow down, which just means you hit something. (laughs) Well, if they don't sync up, then they're going to eject in different spaces, and that could be as close as, like, one planet over or as far as another galaxy. Sure, I just... They might not both land in Wyoming. (laughs) Yeah. 
I guess that is kind of where we are at the end of this episode. Yeah, they landed fucking oh. Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, oh, I heard a very good joke, by the way, to describe your racist southerner, which is a uh, an unreconstructed gentleman. I love it. I, lo- mm. I love an unreconstructed man. Very funny to me. That's pretty good. Hmm. Anyhow, this is that part we were talking about earlier where the VAs really sell their shit. So yes. let me splice in everyone panicking as they realize they're about to get like murdered in space. Oh yeah, it's pretty it's pretty brutal acting and they like they sell it with the damage they're doing to the Idion too. Yeah. Like they're just poking holes through it. Yeah. Finally, the fight scene in the yeah. super robot show that you care about. To be fair, we kind of had that last time. Yeah, there were a few like like yeah, when the Idion got its like junk ripped out. Like it, yeah, it's pretty but before that a lot it was damage. just an Idion fight, right? Like this time the entire fight is interesting the whole time. Instead of just That's reasonable. The it's being different stakes. Yeah. Yeah. The fight is interesting rather than the results is what I'm trying to get at. Okay, okay, you have a point there, even though Damido is the stupidest man alive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because um, he uh, immediately puts himself in a position where he gonna die. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because he he brings his Zigmac um, up to like <laughs> what could only be described as a face hugger, face fucking level with the Idion, and he he's gonna blast it with a camera right in its eyes or face, like the, the visor. Are just face fucking, by the way. Yeah, yes. yeah. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to. I wanted to warm it up. They first, blow their load down right your throat, Matt. I know, I know. It's a metaphor. I know. <laughs> no, it's literal. <laughs> no, it's I mean, like, it's, you know what a no, metaphor no, no. is? No, Chris, it's a metaphor for male rape. That was how they described it when they were producing it. Like, that's why they designed it that way. I know it's literal I mean, and it's a metaphor. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah. That makes more sense with your claim. Sorry, because no, sorry, that's, yeah. that's quite I literal. I, I, ju- I jumped ahead there. <laughs> <laughs> this actual sexual assault is not sexual assault, but a metaphor. Uh, guys, uh, my it's fire metaphor- alarm's going off. Oh. <laughs> Export uh, your audio. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, let me let me stop this. I'll save it. Don't uh, stop and export your audio, prick. Go see what's going on. Stop and save. We're uh, ten minutes from the end. I'll bowl through. Yeah, we'll figure something out. I gotta go, guys. My building might be on fire. Hell yeah. yeah. Peace. See you next time. Yeah, see ya. But now Matt won't be here for my depressing joke. Oh, he'll hear it because he does listen to these when I edit them. So do I. What Why are you still, are you still here? here? <laughs> I have the master going. Don't die in a fire. No, he save it. Save it. I'm not using the master. I have I have a bedroom with only one exit. And <gasps> if I'm in the bedroom and everything's on fire, I'm going to die anyway. So who needs the fire alarm? If everything is on fire, I am required to do a Danger 5 Hitler leaping out the window to get out of my building. Hell yeah. You should just leave it on, though, so we can hear the siren in the background. I mean, I'm just going to silence him, so yeah. No, I mean, I want, I mean, so we can hear it while we're recording. That's what I really need. <laughs> I know. Anyhow, yeah, uh, Don Hito, who is a goddamn idiot and fails to shoot the idiot in the face decides that the robot is running towards its ship means they're cowards and they should give chase with no hesitation. (laughs) Hold up, I gotta mute that. It's way more distracting than I thought it would be.
You fucking moron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, God carry on. Idiot. <laughs> what? Uh, we cut back to Harulu's flagship where her crew tell her they're losing Damido's signal in hyperspace and she just goes, fuck it, we're leaving this party. He can take a cab. And okay. then we get possibly the single stupidest maneuver of the show so far. Damido keeps whiffing softballs trying to kill the Ideon, ordering his jets to act as a kamikaze shield for the heavy armored mech, tries shooting wildly at the Ideon when one of his other troops slows it down, and eventually he dies standing completely still as Cosmo just kicks another mech directly into him. This is also boneheaded. Yeah, they just the stand there and are like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, the Ideon pilots, who are literal children, call out how stupid this is and gape silently as he dies in a fireball. It's hilarious. <laughs> They've gone from, oh my god, we're all going to die here, to, what the fuck was up with that guy? In 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, and with... We come back to the solo first. ship, where uh, the kids walk in and... Best in the military are like, yo, you guys can't pilot the Ideon indefinitely. And then Cheryl is here. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, yeah. immediately just screams, lock them up. And uh, That's literal. That's a quote. I know. Uh-huh. Cosmo does make a comment about, oh, like Kerala. And oh, yeah. she's oh, like, oh, oh, yeah, you're going to put us where Kerala is. Uh, and then we cut to a scene from the U.S. border where the children get locked into cages and they walk away. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm amazed I didn't come up with that one, but that was pretty good. <laughs> and that, uh, the solo ship drops out of warp space into Wyoming, where there are a bunch of angry gorilla people, much like actual Wyoming. Yes. Also, you have jumped over my favorite incredibly dark joke, which is, they take the kids down to the room that Kerala is caged in. They open her cage, and all anyone says during this scene is... Best just tells her it's a long story as they walk out. Uh-huh. Also, they let uh, Cosmo keep his knife, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's very realistic, much like real jail. Yeah, I know, right? It's how they kill Exhibit to get out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we are done with this block of episodes. Uh, what do you think? Finally, I, I finally care about this. Earlier this morning, I was like, when I started watching 16, I'm like, man, the show was kind of bad. And I was like, oh, thank God. I told you there was something to this. If I like, thought it was garbage the whole way through, I would never have suggested this. Very beginning, like, first five episodes, good. Then there's just, like, a real drag until, like, the end of the episode before this batch. Yeah. It's It's got pacing problems. I'm not going to pretend anything otherwise. But we are definitely into everything is unraveling. <laughs> People have character develop what? Sorry, when you said it's got pacing problems, I thought, thank God, Tomino finally figured out how to tell this one story at a good pace. <laughs> you know, right, only, only, only had like 30 tries at getting it right. Uh, to be fair, sometimes it's worse when he tells a different story. Uh-huh. Again, 
If we really want pain, we can do Reco and G next. We're not going to do that. We're going to talk Good. about something cool. Yeah, we, we should probably talk about something that's not another mecha show after this. We're going to talk about Berserk 2016. You know, I haven't seen it. It'd be new to me. Yeah, you should. Okay, uh, I suggested Berserk 2016 because it's extraordinarily bad. I've never seen Berserk. Which read or watched. So okay. it's fine. The it's all an- new to me. The anime covers the good part. Cool. Anyway, that's a thing we should brainstorm for later, especially with the giant right stuff sale on. I mean so, I did just buy some fooly fooly if you want to talk about that. Never watched it. Never had an interest. It's neat. Yeah, but it seemed like more of an animation showcase than something I would give a shit about. What if we talked about JoJo's? Which series? I thought you're doing that already. Uh-huh. That was the joke. Gotcha. I mean, if you want a different take on it, I can definitely give you one, but... Yeah, but you have the bad one. What do you mean I have the bad one? You have one? the bad opinion about it. What, what, what about think... my opinion is bad? You are you are incorrect on which part of it is good. Part six. Period. Is that, that part's not even animated yet. They just gotta Fuck you, it. it's the good part. Isn't that the one where it's just cowboys? No, that's seven. Okay. Part six is Jolene. Jolene is best JoJo by a mile. I wonder if Matt also, came back. Let's find out if Matt came back. Unmute. Hello? <laughs> just the alarm immediately. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh. Well. Yeah, you're we're done here. Over. We are done here. We will see you next time with episode 17 through 20 of Space Runaway Ideon. If you enjoy us, you can find us at goatseefund.me. Incorrect! I said or fucking lead in. Nope. You could you could uh you could uh support us by going to tentacle.pro. Alright. Which Either way, very glad I bought. that is where you can find extra episodes of this show, various bonuses for the Pitch Drop Network, and different projects that may or may not be teased there before anyone gets to hear can about them on the free feed. It would have been $300 to buy tentacles.biz, which is what I really wanted. Uh, yes, I can. I wanted it. Dude, having gone through buying my own domains, I know how stupid some of those spike. Dog, I pay $300 a year for magmar.sucks. Yeah, that's why I went with a .com. I know, but why would I have magmarsucks.com when I could have magmar.sucks? To be fair, that is one of the most you statements possible, you tech bro-ass motherfucker. I had a dark thought, which is, when am I going to get the Kingdom Hearts 3 Final Fantasy fourteen raid? It's that coming. Could, that could happen, and I want it. I want a Kingdom Hearts raid so bad. If they because gave... they can't have Disney characters in it, so it'll just all be the dumb Nomura OCs talking about the dumb bad plot, which is what I want. Here's the thing. I think if they weren't holed up and taking too long on that Kingdom Hearts DLC right now, that would already be in the works, planning-wise. Oh, I want it so bad! 
I still haven't played three because I'm waiting for them to get all the stuff out before I do. Uh, it was good. Uh, spoilers, the Disney stuff sucks shit like always. I don't know, I've heard Woody is a fucking stone-cold badass. There is a part where Woody almost gets assassinated by Buzz Lightyear. Like, you see the dot on his forehead and Goofy has to jump in. It's incredible. If anyone would be the kind of fucking collaborator, it's Tim <laughs> Allen, so I believe it. <laughs> but, dog, it is like, it's like watching the Zapruder film. Thanks, I think I actually have a half-chub hearing that. <laughs> but what I'll say is the part where all the plot happens that you're really there for, that game just ends for like eight hours. Yeah, that sounds right. The good part. Love it. Also, right. did you hear about the bad port of FF15? Which one is that? Turns out the Stadia port's not great. Imagine that. It won't save your game sometimes. <laughs> anyway, we have been Boku No Stop. We will see you again in two weeks. Have fun, kids. Ah. <sighs>